Can growth and comfort coexist? Well, that's what we're about to discuss on this episode of the Amplify Prosperity Podcast. Challenging topic that we are tackling this week. This is the question for week number two of our critical thinking series. Look, hopefully you get a little bit uncomfortable today. Hopefully that when you're thinking about this, it pushes you to look at things through a different lens, through through your soul, really. That's why I'm doing this. That's why it's so important. Hey, before we get started, can you help me with one other thing? If you find value in this episode, can you hit the like button, subscribe, bell notification, leave a comment, let me know what you found valuable. And if you think this is terrible, leave a comment, let me know that too. We hear words all the time thrown around like diversity, inclusion, equity, equality. Corporations are paying a lot of money for trainings, trying to create better work environments where people feel welcomed. We hear words like racism, sexism, homophobia, cancel culture, woke. What do all these things mean? Why does it feel like we're at war just to treat people better? But as a utopian society, or even on a micro level, a utopian work environment, is it even possible? Is that something that can be accomplished? Well... That's part of why I'm asking that question this week. Can growth and comfort coexist? Now, while you're putting some thought into that, let me frame this with two basic points, two concepts, two ideas, just so you know where this question, for me, where it's coming from. First off, values. We talk a lot in America about values, American values, family values, biblical values. And the one thing that I hope most of us can agree on is the basic concept of American freedom. Freedom for all people. In the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson wrote, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those are some beautiful words. But I fully understand the founding of our country was not perfect. But I do believe most of you watching this understand the foundations of what our founding fathers were trying to accomplish. Now wait, I'm hearing you. Maybe you come from one of those marginalized groups that weren't quite included at the time of the founding of our country. Okay, fair. What about biblical values? In Genesis 1:27, the Bible says this, God created man in his own image. The image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now God knows that we are stubborn fools. And he makes this statement in the first book, in the first chapter, in the 27th verse, three times. God created man in his own image. The image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Three times to make sure that we get it, we understand it. It's brilliant. There's even science behind it. There's the rule of threes. This is how humans retain knowledge. Wait, what? You're an atheist or maybe a different religion? Okay. Again, fair enough. What about grandma? 
Remember when grandma used to give you that advice? Treat others the way that you want to be treated? Those were some wise words from a wise woman. And I don't think very many of us are going to argue with grandma. Look, I could go on and on, but you get the gist of it. We are supposed to be nice to each other. We are supposed to treat each other fairly. Now, I see so many good people in the field. They're really working hard to overcome racism, to create environments that are diverse, that are inclusive and welcoming, that are just filled with equality, with equity. On the other side, we have people fighting against this. And I honestly have to believe most of them don't even realize that that's what they're doing. Now, unfortunately, this entire conversation is polluted with politics and political ideology. The woke left, the racist and homophobic right, you guys know the bullet points. The right melts down over a young person's use of a preferred pronoun, critical race theory, face diaper oppression, or M&Ms changing their shoes. The left is melting down over being a little bit uncomfortable. Sam Elliott's opinion over a movie promoting toxic masculinity. They're digging up 20 years in somebody's past to find out they dressed up as Bob Marley for Halloween. Blackface, cultural appropriation. It's just never ending on both sides. And these sensitivities, look, they're all fueled by fear, by anxiety. Let's just call it what it is. And in my opinion, the real core of the problem, if we really want to dig deep and find a solution, it's this. Please listen to me on this one. We have simply forgotten where our rights end and our personal responsibilities to others begins. Now I want to repeat that because this is the most important statement I'm going to make in this video. We have forgotten where our rights end and our responsibilities for others begins. And looking at our society, our culture, it's, it's easy to understand where we've lost this and, and how we've lost it. We are living right now in a society focused on scarcity, focused on fear, heavy, heavy anxiety. There has to be a winner. There has to be a loser. If you're getting something, I must be losing something. But folks, that's not true. That's not true at all. Now, this line of thinking was actually sparked by a post I saw over on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. It was from somebody that works in the, the corporate trainer world. They teach diversity, inclusion, those type of classes. And the comment was made about letting more people eat from the pie. Now, I struggle with that concept because the assumption is there's one pie that we're all eating from. And if we go into it with that idea, then that pie is scarce because there's only so much pie. But let's go deeper with this concept because this fits into that utopian culture that just doesn't exist, that everybody should be eating from the same pie and loving it. Well, let me ask you a series of questions. Is there only one pie available? If I add more ingredients to an already horribly tasting pie, am I going to make this thing taste better? What if I could start baking a new pie? Maybe I could bake a bunch of pies. 
maybe all these pies become so good that that first original pie, nobody wants it anymore. It just goes away. It's off the menu. So we need to get out of the mentality that there's only one pie. Because if I take a piece of that pie, it means it's one less slice for you. On the other hand, if we can bake multiple pies, it creates this unlimited resource. There are no winners and losers. We all have plenty of pie. But even if we're making multiple pies, we still have to be careful. Because don't we already do this in a way? We have men's groups, women's groups, LGBTQ groups, African-American groups, religious groups. What happens so many times is, is, is we're meeting together. They become complaining sessions. They're filled with drama, victimhood. And then we come back frustrated, upset, back into the workplace, into our culture. And we're demanding other people think, look, feel the way that we want them to. And folks, that just doesn't work. It never has and it never will. And I understand it's hard. But when you walk back in that room, when I walk back in that room, it has to be from a place of love, empathy, forgiveness, no matter how brutal that oppressor is. That is framing number one. That, that's something I want you to think about as you answer this question on can comfort and growth coexist? Now, here's the second frame to look at. And any of you who have ever seen a motivational speaker has heard some form of this phrase, nothing great happens in the comfort zone. With great pain, with adversity, comes great art, music, philosophy, movements, business ideas, disruption. Look at somebody like Madam Walker. She built a business and became a millionaire in 1910 as an African-American woman. Look to Nelson Mandela. Here's a man who fought oppression, who changed the world while serving 27 years in prison. Let's look at Susan B. Anthony, a feminist, a woman that, that fought for women's rights to vote, who was arrested in 1872 for voting. And because of her efforts, the 19th Amendment, talk about changing the world. The 19th Amendment that gave women the right to vote is known as the Anthony Amendment. I mean, that's real oppression. And today we melt down in the parking lot when somebody looks at us funny. They call us a name. They don't call us by our preferred pronoun. They don't say Merry Christmas. But let's hop to the other side of the tracks. Privilege. We hear that word thrown around a lot. White privilege, generational privilege. I want to focus on generational wealth to be specific. Because how many of us have thought or made the statement in the past that if I would have been born into money, my life would be so much better. That if my family had generational wealth, everything would be rainbows and unicorns. But the studies show that that's not true either. 70% of wealthy people lose their wealth in the second generation. And 90% lose it by the third generation. Now, I know there's a lot of factors here, but I'm just trying to show you that privilege, money, all of that, it doesn't necessarily mean a happier, more prosperous life. It doesn't necessarily mean that their life is any better than yours. 
I mean, just look to Hollywood. People who seem to have it all. Robin Williams, Kurt Cobain, Anthony Bourdain. There's three people that really defined a generation within their art. But yet, depression, drug addiction, alcoholism, suicide. That doesn't feel like a lot of privilege. So as we're trying to grow, we have to stop looking externally. We have to stop blaming others or looking for government or people or money or whatever that is to save us. Because it won't. The only person you can save is yourself. I mean, if we're really cutting down brass tacks, the systemic racism that we, we always hear about, the system is against all of us. Other than that 1%. This entire system is against all of us. We need to come to grips with that. We need to accept that reality. And once we do, there's 99% of us. We hold the power of change. We can stop allowing them to puppeteer us, to manipulate us. This is how we get closer to that utopian environment that we want. That environment of respect, because we're not being split apart by political ideology, by our religion, by all the things that they use to keep us divided. And once you understand who you are, once you understand how you can be a better person, how you can project that onto other people with love, with empathy, that's how you change things. That's how you create diversity, inclusion, equity. So we'll close it right there. And once again, I'll ask you the question, can growth and comfort coexist? I look forward to the conversation. Thank you. Prosperity.